0: Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining the The Wonderful Experience podcast. The The Wonderful Experience is a journey to wholeness, to destiny, to your purpose. It is an action with no shortcuts, so we must trust the process. Hi, I am DeWanda Ricks, and each month we'll come together to discuss how we can propel ourselves to wholeness. We want to be all we can be. And what does that journey look like for you? Well, we're going to explore that together. Today, I have a very special guest with us, Miss Casey Thomas. Casey is a woman of many gifts. She is a daughter, sister, cousin, friend, and most of all, a servant leader. She enjoys serving at her local church, in frisco texas where she mentors female students ages 12 to 18. casey resides in the dfw area and works in the hr field she freelances as a contractor providing consulting services casey has the experience and knowledge in proposal management project coordination employee relations Benefit and compensation, administration, staffing, training, college preparedness, and career coaching. She is no stranger to hard work and definitely no stranger to change. In fact, I don't think she's ever met a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, as I said before, who's no stranger to change, changed her major during her junior year in college. We're going to explore that a little more. But her motto is, if you're looking for someone to give you permission to jump, jump. Give yourself that permission. So Casey, thank you for joining us today. Um, Any words you want to add before we begin? Oh, that intro was so nice. I didn't know I did all that
1: stuff. (laughs) Oh, Isn't it amazing
0: when you put it on paper How it great is. it sounds like, Write it down Write it down Make All the business play
1: <laughs> I guess the only thing you forgot to say was I'm an aunt I take pride in that <laughs> But other than that, no No, that was nice I That is a awesome
0: like, hey, I had a hype lady <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will add aunt I- cuz I know, right? I I love my nieces and nephews and I think I got some great some greats coming pretty soon. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Not yet. Not, <laughs> not not yet, but they are expensive to say the least. <laughs> but a joy, they are a yeah. joy. So, Casey, sometimes in life, right? And we talked about it in your bio. Um you started your college education in one field and then in your junior year changed it to another and so you know I I wanted to explore because sometimes we start out on a path and we think we have to stay on that path for whatever reason we cannot deviate Um, so tell us about what you started and then what you changed to and why you made that change. Okay, so
1: listen, I have since the age, well, I'll ask students Since the age of eight, wanted to be an OBGYN, specializing in high risk first. So you say from the age of eight all the way to the age of twenty, I guess sophomore year twenty, 21, twenty one, maybe twenty. Um, I was going to be in that field, did everything that I could to be in that science world, excelled in it and everything. But uh, went to, fun fact, even saw one of my nephews being born in the delivery room, everything, watching him come through the birth canal. Like I was all I already had my intern um, set up because I have a cousin who is a OB. I was going go to go Cal- Work in her office, went to school. <laughs> went to school, went to a great school, loved my alma mater, went to Dillard. I did not do as much research as I should have done because I switched schools too. That's another fun fact. I was also all set to go to Sam Houston and to be in their biology department, which I knew a little bit more about because. I knew I was going to be in their biology department as well as be in their band. Like they had already sent me my information when I needed to come down because if you're a band parent or if you a member of the band squad, band always starts early. Mm-hmm. always go early anyway. But my sister was like, "You should go to a HBCU," and I was like, "Really?" And she was like, "Yes," and she was like, "Because you just need to just get around." your people a little bit more in the academic setting she said because normally you know for uh, for me at least I went to a predominantly white school So thing that I did I was always one of the few in the clubs and stuff like that and so she was like I just think it would give you a whole lot better growth wise mm-hmm. around people that look like you in the academic setting so I was like oh okay So we, my family is no, a lot of our graduates are HBCU grads, my parents, my dad had bought us a book that was um, Black Historical um, Colleges and Universities, so I just happened to look through the book one day, and I picked three schools. I picked Shaw, I picked Dillard, and I picked Xavier. Um, Back in, I'm a little, I'm going to age myself, because back in the day, when you wanted to apply to schools, you had to call the school. (laughs) To get an application, or you had you know you had to get an application because you had to type. It wasn't a computer. It wasn't online. No, you had to type put it on a typewriter and type it out.
0: Oh, you were aging her. yourself.
1: Yes, I am, I know I look. No, I look good. I don't look a day over nineteen. But no, that's what I had to do. So I got it filled out the application. Filled out only two applications. Never filled out Shaw's application. And I filled out Dillard and Xavier, but Dillard was the only one that I sent off. Only one I sent off. um, They gave me money. So that was great. Right. That's always good. Right. So go to school, kids. Do well in school. But gave me uh, money for academics for all four years that I was there. Um, And then we went and saw it. We went to visit the school. I was like, okay. Thought it was another school, thought it was a Baptist school that they, that was right before Dillard yeah, saw Dillard and stuff like that. So I kind of switched mid to, I changed mid mine as well. Not only career path, but what school path I was going to take too. So when I saw Dillard, got on the campus, like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yeah, it was like, are you sure? My mom was kind of just basically there for the ride. I was like, yeah, I can be here. He said, okay. This is where you're going. I said, yeah, So I accepted it. Really didn't do much research afterwards about what it was going to look like for me to be a biology major at Diller University. Now, fun fact great fact Diller used to be a medical school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking everything should be great. And it's like that when I got into the actual major. I said, hmm, this may not be for me. And I say that because Dillard is a liberal arts school. Okay. Yes, it has natural science and still courses there. But as a whole, it is a liberal arts school. So yes, it used to be a medical school. Yes, it has a great nursing program, had a great nursing program when I was there, still have a great nursing program. But the biology department was not as strong as it had been. And had I did more research on that, I probably wouldn't have picked Dylan. Mm-hmm. for. so went to school. I missed lab for a whole month my freshman year. Biology lab my whole month. A whole month my freshman year because I just literally just forgot it was on my schedule. And I missed it a whole month and my friend who lived right across the hall from me, I was in the same class with her. And she would hear their teacher say, Casey, is Casey Thomas, Casey, I guess she never said my last name. And she looked and she said, you know, I was like, I was wondering if that was you, girl. I'm like, we are literally right across the hall from each other. Why you never knocked on my door and said, say girl, we have time to go to class. But anyway. Fast forward, um, like I said, I wanted to be an OB, so I, risk first. Um, I need a class called embryology, which is the study of, of human life, basically, in a nutshell. That class, I didn't learn not one thing in. Okay. And that was my sophomore year. And so I said, hmm, if I really want to pursue this profession, This is not the school that I want to be, that I need to be in, because it's not going to prepare me the way I thought that I should be prepared, especially to go to med school and stuff like that. I'm like, embryology is a very core class for somebody who wants to be an OB. Because you're doing the life cycle of not only humans, but animals as well. I'm like, I didn't really need to know this class. And it really turned me off because one day, uh, our teacher once, one, the professor told us not to buy the book because the book is expensive. you're in the science world, anything STEM, but especially biology, um, in college, those books are more expensive. My biology freshman year, my book was 210 For one book? For one book. It was $210 for one book. One book. One book, $210. I hadn't been in college in a long time. I can only imagine what the biology books cost now. But our embryology teacher told us, don't buy the book because the book was very expensive. It was it was in that three range. And so she said, don't buy the book. We're just going to take notes off the book that I have. And we're going to do that. We was like, oh, gravy. Because we were already in class like, how are we going to buy this book? Yes, I got a scholarship, an academic scholarship, but school is still, cover books. Mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't cover books. And I was like, me and my other friend, we had already went in on an organic chemistry book, a book together because that book was high. Not only did it come with a book, it came with a workbook. So we bought the book together and we shared it. So we're looking at each other like, who's going to buy $300 a $300 book? And so we're already trying to partner up and trying to figure out we're going to buy these books together. Let's see if an upperclassman has it or something. Until she says, okay, we're going to use the book. We're not going to use the book. We're going to use the book that I have. So everybody was like, whoo, The lady commences to teach us. And I say that very lightly because I did not learn one thing in that class. Thing. I was in that class for a full semester. That's three months. And I didn't learn not one thing in that class, academic wise. What I did learn in that class was more things about myself, more things about people, and how to allow, allow other people to stop your journey. Okay. In this class, we one, she didn't teach us from the correct book two, she could not spell, three, she graded based off favoritism, and it, the running joke, the running rumor was like male students more than female students. She did not grade on a curve for one test in this class, and I remember it like yesterday. Um, a friend of mine who's actually a uh, now He was sitting, he was sitting right beside me. He answered me with four questions. This joker got an A. I answered the complete test and I got a C. And I said, now this joker answered four questions. How you get an A and I get a C? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, Somewhere in this process of 20 questions there were open-ended questions, I should have got half points for attempting and right. some an answer or something. At least give me a B. Get mm-hmm. yeah, that joke or a C, because at least I tried, considering you didn't teach us. Four, we had a fashion show in this classroom, and she told us, um, come prepare like you're going for an interview or like you're going um, to a um, an appointment or something like that. She called our name up. We walked the runway. She gave us the an A and we left. This is an hour class. Then she gave us two papers due in a week's time, a five-page paper and a seven-page paper. Um, whatever of our choosing, I couldn't even tell you what my paper was about. Neither paper was about um, But I wind up getting sick. I wind up getting the flu. And when I get sick, I get sick. I don't typically get sick. So when I get sick, I get sick. And um, it's a deadline when both these papers do. So I had basically a 12-page paper due in a matter of seven days. Um, five for one, seven for another. This class, because I was sick. And I having to wake up in a panic. I like, Oh my God, let me go to this class. My paper. This lady would not accept my paper. Neither one of my papers. Mm. And she was like, well, "What? Did, why did you miss class today? And I was like, because I'm sick. You know, I overslept. I well, like I'm hot flash and I have a fever. Like it looked like death turned over. And was like, I'm not taking your paper. Now mind you, these two papers were major grades. I had one test. We've had one fashion show for a test. Now we have these papers that are going to be graded as a test. They, have, they were very heavily weighted. I, are you serious? My, I did the paper, stayed up night, because if when you're a biology major or a chemistry major, you don't sleep. Mm-hmm. Very much so, you don't sleep. One, because one, we probably don't manage our time as best as we should. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> those classes tend to typically be later in the day uh-huh. and not in the morning and you know you always want to de-stress this so you do stay up a lot and you just re re put that stuff into your brain and so I was like I had wrote these papers, typed these papers like I had spent time on these papers like lady you're gonna take these papers she was like no and I was like are you serious and she was like no because you were late she said, no, because you didn't show up in class today. I have a legit excuse of why I didn't show up in class today. I'm sick. So you should take my papers. No, I'm not taking it. And I like, you got to be kidding me. And she was like, no, I'm not taking it. And so I just made up in my mind. I was not leaving her office with my papers. So I sat down in her office and create, did my own little city. <laughs> with my papers in my hands, legs crossed formed like this, like, I cannot believe this lady. Like, how she get her degree? Like, who does this? And somebody's sick. Like, literally sick. My friend, another fun fact, she's a doctor to this day. What is she's an OB. Um, right now, comes into our office an hour later. She looks at me, because my head is down. I'm just like, and I, like, I'm not leaving this office until she takes my paper. She looks at me, and she says... You look like death turned over, and I said I feel like it. She was like, "Oh my god, you're you, you're so sick!" And she like backed up, like did the cross, like don't don't come to me. And it wasn't until like she validated my sickness, right? That this lady took my papers, and I was like, needed like no, I don't. I'm like I have the flu, like I don't feel good. She was like, "Why are you here?" So She's asking me, like, why, why are you here? My Me and Nina had uh, embryology together. I'm like, I'm trying to get Dr. Broadway to take my papers. Like, I'm trying to get her to you know, take my papers. She was like, oh, gosh. It wasn't until she validated my sickness, and I stayed in that office. I guess that lady was like, this great people. That she took my papers. And when I left, I said, you know what? I can't stay here. I, I literally cannot stay in this department because I am not learning anything. And that class was a very crucial class for me to be able to do what I wanted to do further along. And so I looked, I said, oh no, I, I got to go. I said, this makes absolutely no sense at all. And I was like, I'm, I'm chunking the deuces. Yes, I have been in here for two years have Excel. I, I wasn't getting C's or D's or anything like that. I was keeping the AB average. I, not I could literally tell you the classes that I learned in my two years there. And it was genetics, which was a very good class, and organic chemistry. Those are the only two classes that I learned my full two years as a biology major uh-huh. when it comes to science. Mind you, as a biology student at um and people found this very shocking, like we took seventeen and eighteen hours. when I hear kids talk about they're taking twelve hours, I'm like, twelve hours like do do like twelve like what is that? two classes like only twelve hours like as a freshman, I carried seventeen hours.
0: Yeah, twelve is the minimum and most most are three or four credit hours. Yeah. Um and it depends on your major, right? So you're sitting, you're you've completed two years. You have this professor, this class, you learn nothing. Um, you had a, a fashion show, right? And then you had papers that you had to turn in. Got the flu, got sick. So now you're sitting in her office and I can only imagine you're probably, if you're that sick, right? You're probably going through everything that you have went through these last two years and you are already deciding that day that this is not for me.
1: <laughs> this, is not, this is not for me. And it was an accumulation of things. I think too, when you are a a good student, and not necessarily a good student by behavior, but a good student academically wise, where you don't have to um, try so hard uh-huh. to um, to get A's, um, going into a field that actually does require you to study became a struggle. Um, I realized when I became a biology major, especially in genetics, uh-huh. I didn't have study, study skills. I never learned study skills because school came naturally easy for me. So I was like, oh, what, what is this? Because I remember the, the day her name was Marva Smith, Miss Marva Smith. She told us that we were going to rewrite our genetics book. Said, oh, wow. You're gonna read, yeah. She said, you're going to write it in your own words. And she said, it's going to take you two hours to read two pages. And I looked at my, my, other friends or the people in the class I was like does she say two hours to read two pages like is she serious like why is it gonna take us two hours and she was right she was literally right because we basically had to rewrite it and our own person she said I'm gonna grade you one day I'm gonna ask to look at your notes and this lady I think we were like on chapter 10 and she was like no I'm going to look at your notes. I ain't read not one page. (laughs) Not one page. I was like, and literally, sleepless nights, trying to catch up and make sure that I was prepared for Ms. Smith's class. That class was on Tuesdays and Thursdays. My notebook, she was scanned through it. And make sure it was right. And I knew she was reading it because the lady knew our names by by the second day. Mm. Not in assigned seating. So I was like, no, no, this, this ain't for me. I said, I don't have study habits. I don't, I don't have study habits. I don't think I want to learn study habits. (laughs) I don't want to uh, buy expensive books. I don't want to buy books, period. And um, I haven't learned. So all of that, all of those accumulated to me jumping ship. Uh. All all of those, I was just like, I'm done. I've been in here for two years. I've only learned in two classes. I took, and I took heavy core science class as a biology major. Like as soon as you came in, like when you came in, declared as a biology major, they put you straight on into your your field so I took, I took chemistry of course I took pre-cal um, I, of course you had you know your, your other courses like English and history and stuff like that but as science like I came straight in my next uh, semester I took microbiology I took genetics I took organic chemistry I took a lot of science yeah going in to finish. And so I was like, no. And when I decided to leave, I told my friends um, who were in there, they was like, you leaving? I wasn't the only one that left. Um, my freshman year as a biology major, class had over 200 people in it. So, and- you
0: know, when, when we talk about change, right, and embracing change, I wanna talk about the speed of it, right? Cause I, I think a lot of us go through exactly what you went through, right? I my undergrad graduated with my bachelor's in accounting. Yeah, that's really? science in accounting. And never worked at an accounting firm a day in <laughs> <of> my life. <laughs> but I didn't know I did would drive- never thought that. Yes. And, but I, I didn't have the courage to make the change during that time. And it took me seven years to get my undergrad degree, but I was determined I was going to. And I think for me, it was just the determination to graduate and not really what I was graduating in. And so how did you, you know, describe that thought process, right? I, I, I got a change. I need to embrace this change. How did you find the courage to do that? Because I, I think it takes courage to say this isn't working and actually change. I said it. <laughs> this right. is <isn't> working. And <laughs> in fact, makes... I remember in my my sophomore or was my, yeah it was my sophomore year. Um, in accounting, I got a B. Um, in accounting one, no, I got an A in accounting one, a B in accounting two and the accounting two professor said to the entire class accounting two is basically a refresher if you don't get an a you're in the wrong field wow yes and i'm like i know i'm not in the wrong field i love numbers because i was great in math i'm still great with math but i don't know how i attributed you know math with accounting (laughs) But in all honesty, I think I was. I'm. I'm still good with accounting. I. I still. You know. I love doing taxes and um, I love audits, um, reconciling. But I love doing that, right? But I am a people person, and accounting is a kind of an individual field, and and you know when I would talk to the, to the numbers, they did well, numbers do talk back, but they didn't audibly talk back to me like people do. And, and I needed to change my field so that I can engage with people on a daily basis. So right. how did you find, what was that process of saying, okay, I need to do, I need to make a change. And then how did you find that courage to actually do it at the time that you did it?
1: Ooh. Um. I looked at my other extracurricular activities. Um, My freshman year, I knew I couldn't change schools because I tried to change schools my freshman year. I called home and was like, I hate it here. (laughs) And the girls I mentored, no, I don't even like that word. And I called crying. I talked to my mom and she was like, you picked it, you're staying. So I knew I had to stay. I had to stay there. So I knew I, I was like, okay, if I'm staying here, because mama ain't letting me go. Mm-hmm. Oh, my best friend was like, come to TCU. It's wonderful here. Come back home. And I was like, send me the application, girl. <laughs> <laughs> send you to me and everything. I was like, send she said, I was going to get it. She was on the basketball team. I was like, send it to me. I'm going to fill it out and I'm leaving. She was like, girl, you're going to get some money. Too. I said, I know I am. Like, I tried to leave my freshman year because I was just miserable. I couldn't change that. So I knew I needed to change something else. So I started looking at um, my extracurriculars of the things that I did in the past. Um, Every step of my journey through school, I was always doing something in the psychology field. So I did TOPS. Um, TOPS was in middle schools. It was teen offering peer support. I was picked for for that by my peers. Um, They asked you like when you're in junior high, like, who is somebody that you go to to talk about your feelings? Who somebody that helps you and offers you good advice? And so they asked the whole school this. And based off your votes, they asked you to join this team. Mm-hmm. And tops. I was in tops from seventh grade all the way to ninth grade. I think I may age myself again <laughs> when I said that when it comes to junior high. Uh, so I did that, and they trained us to look for certain clues and stuff like that, how to be a better listener. Uh, active listener and stuff like that, even as a teenager. Then in high school, same thing. Um, It was called Peer Helpers in high school and they asked the student body, who do you go to when you're, you know, you're sad, you need advice, um, who offers you good advice? And again, I nominated for that. And that process, not only did I get nominated, different because I got nominated, then I had to go before a board. They basically interviewed me and stuff like that. And then from there, they sent us on a a three-day training okay. as well. And I was in that from, I think you, could, you couldn't do it until your junior year. So for me, high school was sophomore to senior year. So I was in there for two years. So I looked at all of that stuff. My dad told me I would be a great teacher because I had to tell my parents that I was in my majors. And they were like, why? And I was like, I'm not happy. And that's what it boiled down to. I wasn't happy. Um, For me, I I had to put a band class on my schedule just to be sane uh, because I was just so stressed out, too, in science. And I was just like, I I wasn't happy. It was just a, it was a drainer for me. And I was doing other things to kind of keep my spirits up. So I put jazz on my um, my schedule because I'm classically trained in the clarinet clarinet so I did that to kind of help relieve stress I went through many coloring books many coloring books just to kind of help me de-stress and uh, I talked to my parents I was just like this is not for me I still had the joy I I still had the the but but I didn't have the joy Uh and I knew if I didn't have the joy I would not excel because I would stop going to class right and I
0: did when I told
1: you, I, I missed. Yeah, I wasn't motivated. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know my grades are going to suffer eventually.
0: So, was doing tops and um, peer. What was it? Peer helpers. Mm-hmm. Peer helpers. Was that a passion of yours? Was it something that you were just good at? Um, talk just expand a little more on that.
1: So, tops and peer helpers was. It was a wonderful class. I enjoyed it. It was very social, but it was just something I was just naturally good at. I didn't put forth much effort to do okay, at all um, when it came to, you know, because we would get together. Um, we were in junior high. We were meet during lunchtime and we would just talk about some of the things that were going on in school or maybe some of the things that, you know, that we could possibly do to help students. Uh, when it came to academics or just feelings or just being seen, you know, during Red Ribbon Week, because we still did that in junior high when I was in school. You know, we did things like that, you know, being self-aware, just talking about stuff. And, you know, when I was in junior high, it was during the OJ trial. I think I may age aged myself as well. So we talked about things like that. Um, so that was tops. Peer helpers, uh, we did a lot of social. We did Red Ribbon Week. So we went, we did tutoring. When I started tutoring kids in, in high school, and junior high. We did tutoring for elementary skid, kids, uh, middle school kids and high school kids. So you got to pick what um, age you wanted to work with. Um, we did um, mentorship, um, we were just there. And with the training, we were able to, um, we did a lot of um, team building activities. As well as looking at different signs of noticing when people were depressed, noticing when people were suicidal, um, noticing when people were um, just not quite right and stuff like that. So that was peer helpers. And like I said, it was something that naturally came easy for me. Uh, Every time I got appointed to it, I was always shocked because, you know, y'all voted for me, really? But I also say I'm a balk. So cause when people tell me stuff,
0: like I keep it. Like And and you know, and this is what I've noticed about you, right? Um it, I think it's your passion. I, I think people see this in you. I think um you are really passionate about how people feel about their well-being, which is hence tops. Peer helpers, right? Being a mentor, being a tutor, being that life coach. Uh, what What do you think? Is there Is there some passion around that? Does passion come into play? I think passion always comes into play if you want to be
1: successful. Um, I think passion always comes. Not only passion, I think your past experience, your upbringing, and your Yeah, your upbringing, that nurture versus nature thing. I think that everything when it comes to passion and how you see yourself, how you want the world to see you and stuff like that. And then how you want to help others see yourself. I was telling my nephew about that um, about a month ago because I told him he's the youngest and I'm the youngest. And I feel like sometimes um, people look at the youngest kid as being spoiled they realize also what they go through being the youngest as well very intentional about how I talk to my nieces and my nephews one because I told them I sound very intentional about that because to someone who grew up in a house that didn't feel like they were seen or hurt that plays a very important part of how I I choose to make sure people know that they are seen mm-hmm. so I think that You know, you have your passion, but then you have your own past experience, too. So I am in a position, and I grew up in a position that I felt unseen and unheard, that I'm going to go out of my way to make sure the next person that's at least in contact with me and feels seen and heard. Um, Talk to the girls, or when I talk to any student, I'm always looking them in their eye always redirected them to look me in my eye as well you see me because I see you and stuff like that so I think yeah I think not alone just passion but just perceptions and how you grow up your past
0: I love that with with the the wonderful experience right and it, it's about the journey it's about um going from brokenness to wholeness and it is using your past experiences It Mm -hmm. is using your perception, your perspectives on um, just how you feel you can be impactful in the world. And I I say this to everybody. You're never too young and you're never too old to take those experiences and to use those to help other people. Because it's really not about us. It's about how we can help others. It's about serving others. And I like what you said earlier about active listening. Mm -hmm. You can, as you're listening, a lot of people, like we're having a dialogue, but some people listen to respond instead of listening to understand. And I think when we listen to understand, our experiences can help the person that we're actually talking to. Um, And then it will help them along their journey from brokenness to wholeness. So, Miss Casey, this has been phenomenal. You are totally, totally just wise in your young age, very young, young. (laughs) Look, daughter, sister, aunt. Thank you, thank (laughs) you. Want to get that in there, friend, uh, peer, like you are phenomenal. Many gifts. Uh, and I love just for one um, on a personal basis our conversations because it is insightful, and and I do see it on a weekly basis when you interact with the students at at the church. So I just want to thank you for being you. Thank you for being awesome. Uh, most of all, thank you for coming on this show, being honest and transparent, and just sharing. You know, your change, yet what change meant for you and how you looked at everything and just really reflected on, um, here's my extracurricular things. Here's things that I am good at. And then you pivoted in that direction. So before we leave, what challenge would you give our listeners to commit to? Ooh,
1: that's a good one oh what challenges Mm -hmm. I think I have several okay I think I have several I was talking to a parent the other day about their child and I was just actually just calling to make sure she was okay and she she was like well what happened I said she just needs to have a relationship with the word no and be okay with that I said, and she needs to learn how to be assertive, but still be nice. Be okay with that. So I guess my challenge would be, be okay with who you are. You know, be okay with how you express who you are. And be okay with changing things you feel need to be changed. Everything doesn't need to be changed. But if it's a detrimental to your inner self, your inner core, then change it with it not being the path and travel um I think it was, was that, Edgar Allan Poe? Who's that poet? Jack Frost? Um, famous writer that talks about the poem where the road less traveled and stuff like that. It was like many people took the journey, but I took a journey less traveled. Be okay with that. Be okay being the first one. Mm-hmm. Go through something. You know, so you can help the one behind you. So they can help the one behind them. It's okay to be unpopular. You know, it's okay to have your own voice. Like I tell the girls, you are a voice in this world and you deserve to be heard, but how are you going to use that voice?
0: So that, that's my challenge. How are you going to use your voice? I love it. I love it. And I also heard within that, right? um, How are you going to help others find their voice? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is the challenge. Thank you, Miss Casey. Uh-huh. Now, listeners, how is your gratitude journal going? Are you writing? Are you keeping up with it? I hope you are. Again, remember to reach out to me um, at d.thewonderful.org um, and just let me know how you're doing. And now we are going to say our affirmations. And we end with our affirmations. And I, my challenge is that you come up with your own affirmations. You want to speak positive self-talk because you are powerful. And so now let's say our affirmations. I am wonderful. I am wonderful. I am powerful. I am powerful. And I am grateful. And I am grateful. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. See you next month. Thanks for having me.